I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be reading Psalms 81, 88, 92, and 93. Psalm 81. It's to praise God for his benefits. The subtitle to this one says, To the chief musician upon Giddeth, a psalm of Asaph. Verse 1. Sing aloud unto God our strength, make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm, and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel, and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony, when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden, his hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts' lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. We see that Asaph is in the introduction here. He was one of the Levites that uh, served as a musician for David. He's mentioned frequently in the Psalms. This Psalm has some punch to it. Notice in verse 4 where it says, For this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. We see a disdain for Egypt and false gods here. Israel is admonished to turn back to God. The message of this psalm is classic. Note verse 9, it says, There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. That was always the deal breaker for Israel all through the Old Testament. And there it is in verse 11 when it says, But my God would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. The result is found in verse 12, which says, So I gave them up unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Well, Israel should have listened to God. Perhaps Paul was reflecting on this psalm when he wrote Romans one twenty one that says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So we see that because of this rejection, Paul writes in verse 24 of that same chapter, God also gave them up to uncleanness. And then in verse 26, he writes, God gave them up unto vile affections. And then again in verse 28, he wrote, 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Isn't the parallel between Psalm 81 and Romans 1 interesting? If it shows nothing else, it tells us this. When people reject God, their affections are filled with the perverted ones of the world. Regarding the use of this psalm in Israel's worship, here's a note from Adam Clark's commentary. I quote, There are various opinions concerning the occasion and time of this psalm, but it's pretty generally agreed that it was either written for or used at the celebration of the Feast of Trumpets, which was held on the first day of the month of Tishri, which was the beginning of the Jewish year. And on that day, it is still used in the Jewish worship. According to Jewish tradition, credited by many learned Christians, the world was created in Tishri, which answers to our September. The psalm may have been used in celebrating the Feast of Trumpets on the first day of Tishri, the Feast of Tabernacles on the 15th of the same month, the creation of the world, the Feast of the New Moons, and the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt, to all which circumstances it appears to refer. And as I mentioned, that's taken from Adam Clark's commentary. If you'd like to have more information on Jewish festivals and the ancient Jewish observational calendar, then uh, click on the link that's on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for that information, or just go to the topic section of BibleTrack.org and uh, look for those articles. That brings us to Psalm 88, where we see that there's nothing but sorrow. The the subtitle to this one says, A Song or Psalm for the Sons of Korah, to the chief musician upon Mahaloth, Linoth, Maskell of Heman, the Ezrahite. Verse 1. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in the darkness, in the depths. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves, Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Will thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead rise and praise thee? Selah. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me, and mine acquaintance into darkness. Well, Psalms just don't get any sadder than this one. You notice in the introduction a reference to Heman and to the sons of Korah. Korah himself was the rebel priest who had a face-off with Moses back in Numbers chapter 16. That was a tough day for him. 
However, the descendants of the sons of Korah who did not participate in the rebellion afterwards rose to eminence in the Levitical service. Heman was one of David's musicians. Regarding the rest of the terms found in the introduction of this psalm, uh, refer to the information box that I've included on the written notes of BibleTrack.org, which gives you a description of what all those terms mean. The writer, which is not specified here, declares God's faithfulness and expresses his own despair. Definitely not a cheerful psalm here. It expresses an intense plea for God's favor. In Psalm 92, we see what wise people know that a fool doesn't know. The subtitle to this one says, A Psalm or Song for the Sabbath Day. Verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery and upon the harp with the solemn sound, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth the fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forever. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. For my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He should grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Well, to this psalm, the author again is unknown. The introduction says that this is a song for the Sabbath day. This is the only psalm that actually has that designation for the Sabbath. There is little indication in the Old Testament of any special community worship ceremonies on the Sabbath. Some have suggested that this psalm accompanied the daily offerings on the Sabbath. Well, the message of this psalm is quite clear. Notice verse 9. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Now, contrast that to verse 13 that says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The psalmist points out that serving God has eternal rewards. The fool may prosper here and now, but the fool faces everlasting destruction. Now, Psalm 93. wonder what we're talking about. Could this be a tsunami? Look at verse 1. No subtitle to this one. The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty, the Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself, the world also established, that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice, the floods lift up their waves. 
The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Again, the author for this one is not known either. But he does focus on the reign of God over the earth in this short psalm, just five verses. The world may rebel, but God reigns anyway. It's interesting that the power of God is compared to floods and waves in this psalm. Seismologists agree the eastern Mediterranean Sea has historically experienced a significant number of earthquakes and devastating tsunamis as a result. So when you've seen the damage of a sizable tsunami, this psalm takes on a whole new proportion regarding God's power. Perhaps one of these tsunamis was in recent memory when this psalm was actually written. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletribe.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.